Welcome to episode 58 of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott. This is a sharpening your edge version of our podcast. And I'm over there with my coach, Coach Manchi. Coach, how are we doing? Hey, super good. It's just uh, amazing. We're on 58 episodes already and uh, just had some great, exciting news. Logan Bruss, who's a Kimberly grad, just got drafted by the yep. Los Angeles Rams. So yep. we're pretty we're pretty jacked up about that and happened to be at his, his little draft party and he's been, been training with you and meet more Rob Havenstein and he's super excited to get to LA. I believe uh, the 13th he reports already. So, yep. Yep. This podcast airs on Monday. Uh, he will be uh, shipping out. I believe he's got to be there on that Thursday. So he's, he was back with us. He's back with us this week and he'll be with us for a couple more days the following week and uh, he'll be out. And we already talked about him coming back this summer and great message for, for all of our athletes. Again, if you have something that's working for you, keep doing it, you know, keep doing it, keep watering it, keep doing all those things. Um, another, another guy we just had on Dean Jack Sanborn picked up by the bears. Um, that's a great find for them. Jack's a great football player. Uh, as we obviously got to speak with him last week for quite a while about his toughness, about the way he goes about his business. And, and he tested really well at the combine. So the bears got a steal there. Um, as, as well as some other really quality good players that, that were taking the drafting. Yeah, and it's great for Jack because he's an Illinois, you know, man. He, he grew up in Lake Zurich there and, and went to school, and it's just an awesome opportunity for his mom and his family to to be able to watch him play right there at Soldier Field. Yeah, and speaking of his family, Dean, that you know, we're going to talk about Jack first today. The uh, the message that he had about his his mom, I mean, that was a pretty intense story. I mean, she had to work in the city. Um, had three, had three kids that she had to figure out how to get to school, how to get them all their, all their, um, events, sporting and, and everything like that. And there's so many stories like that, Dean, I'm sure you see it at the high school level. I see it at the, at the, you know, at the private level and things like that, where parents are, are in my opinion, these days over providing for their kids. And they're just doing so much to get kids because kids have so much that's going on between school between sports, between travel teams, between training, between all the other things that are in their lives, parents are going above and beyond. So kudos to, to all the parents out there that are listening to us first and foremost. But I think the real message that we took out of this, Dean, is how much Jack appreciated all his mom did for him. Because parents, um, I think a lot of times don't get the recognition they deserve when it comes to getting your kids from point A to point B on time. Um, you know, everything isn't within a three to four mile radius like it was when I grew up. You know, I could just ride my bike to practice. I could just do this. Well, you know, if you're traveling across town from Verona to Sun Prairie, that's a 40 minute drive. That's, you know, pretty much, you know, like driving from Madison to the Dells, you know, for people that, that, that may not live here. That's, you know, a pretty long drive that parents do on a daily basis around here. And I know you see it at the high school level. So I think the message is, Hey, kids, appreciate all the things your parents are doing for you. And no doubt, Brian, I think, you know, as an athlete out there and kids that are listening, you got to make sure that you show that appreciation to your parents because, you know, there's so many parents that are, are putting, uh, giving their kids so many opportunities. You think of a parent, for example, that, you know, their kid signs up and, and they're training at Sports Advantage. That's a huge competitive advantage right there. That's a, that's a get your edge. And, you know, so it not only 
takes a lot of time from the parents, but it, it takes some money on their part. You know, we talk about investing. And if you want to be good, you have to invest. And working hard in a weight room is one way to do it. And I think a lot of times kids just take it for granted. And, you know, they just assume that, you know, everyone does this or everyone should do this. And that's not the case. And I know we grew up in a different era where, like you said, you know, you could ride your bike in places and you could do a lot of things. And there's so many more opportunities for athletes out there now. And parents want to give their kid every every chance they can to, to help them be successful. And you can't blame them. We were in the same boat, Brian. And, you know, you, you want to do that. And then if they develop a passion and they want to continue to work hard and, and develop their skills, and if they have that dream of going to a college and, and participating and, and maybe hopefully get, maybe a, getting a scholarship as a goal of theirs, hey, that's great. But we got to remember the big picture is only – you know, 6% of all athletes, high school athletes, and I mention this all the time to our kids, will have the opportunity to go on to college and participate at any level. So really, it's the lifelong lessons that athletics teaches the individual so they can be successful once they leave the high school and, and live in their adult life the rest of their life. The other thing that I think needs to be taken into consideration is most people nowadays don't work a nine-to-five job. You have people, you know, entrepreneurs, you have yep. people that are, are, are in their own business. You have people that are, you know, maybe working from five to one. Um, and that, again, that takes a lot of coordination with a lot of different parents. And I think that's another thing that probably needs to be touched on is you have a lot of incredible parents that step up to help other kids get to where they want to be because they're just good people, right? You don't have to do that. And I know you know, myself, my wife, Corey, you know, even my ex-wife, you know, we try and do everything we can to help as many kids, you know, get to summer weight training, you know, at the high school or get to a, a passing league or get to practice. Or you look at like AAU tournaments, Dean, or travel baseball. A lot of those teams are leaving on Wednesday and they don't come back till Sunday or even Monday morning. And people just can't take off work that much and so athletes, not only thanking your parents or the people that take care of you, but really take into account some of those other parents that are stepping up to help you get where you need to be. And a simple thank you goes a long way. Trust me, as adults, I know this, some of the coolest moments I've had are in my gym where a kid, you know, we break it down, hard work on three together on six. And the kid looks at you and says, thank you, Coach Bot. Just a little thing. And, and parents, I know this as a parent too, when I've dropped a pack full of kids off at, at summer weight training at, at, at Madison Memorial High School, and they say, thanks, coach. Thanks, thanks, Mr. Bot. Thanks. You just, you, you get that the kids get it, and they understand that there's sacrifice there. So a simple thank you, guys, goes a long way. You know, one of the biggest influential, you know, appearance or slash coaches was a, was a friend of mine, and his name was Tom Zelmer in the youth. And I remember a lot of times because my parents were always working and they were doing shift work and, and things like that. It was very difficult to be able to get that transportation. And I remember Tom's dad, Jack Zelmer, would always go around and pick us guys up. And he, we would travel to gyms. If it wasn't UW Oshkosh, Culver Sports Center, you know, it was some church gym to practice or it was the YMCA. But, you know, he found a way to help us get better. And not only that was his time and helping us 
develop our skills as basketball players. And I know I can mention other coaches as well in different sports, but a lot of times afterwards it was, Hey, treats on me at McDonald's. Right. And it was just, and you remember those times and, you know, at the time as a kid, you just don't, you just, it, it was, it was what it was, you know, we didn't really, yeah, you thanked them and you were respectful, but until those days are over, you really truly are so grateful that you had a friend that parents invested so much, not only in their own kid, but all their kids' friends as well. And I just, I just cherish those moments. And we had so many laughs and so many good times. And now as a parent myself, and, and I've helped coach some youth leagues and travel teams and things like that. So we definitely know the time that it takes and the preparation and everything else, but truly grateful for anybody that volunteers, goes out of their way to help kids get better. Well, and we had a scenario when I was growing up, my mom worked at the, at the pharmacy in, in La Crosse, and there were some weekend games that she wasn't able to come to games. And so we had to have, you know, some of the other parents, and I can remember Mary and Dennis Nikolai were responsible for keeping Jim Bott in check so he wasn't, you know, yelling and screaming during the game. So there's ways that parents step up in so many different ways that uh, I think it's just a really cool story with Jack with his mom and how much, you know, she means to him and how much he respects her. And that obviously, you know, set in for him as an athlete about the respect and earning respect and, and learn how to build mental toughness because obviously his mom was, you know, very mentally tough for having to do that. And that, I, I think sometimes athletes, we forget how much that rubs off on us as, as athletes, because you start to look at some of the things we talked about with Jack Dean he missed one practice, one practice in, in four or five years. I'm not, I can't remember if he registered or not, but either way to miss one football practice at any level in that amount of time is amazing. And I think the main thing that I took from that is the respect that he garnered from his teammates because he was out there and it, there's no way that he's out there hundred percent every single day but he valued being a part of it. He valued being on the field. He valued the practice reps he got. And that earned him a lot of respect along the way. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, I was, you know, I was mind boggling to, to hear him talk about that experience. And, you know, to be able to be out there in such a physical game probably takes a little bit of luck. And it also just is a huge determination on Jack's part to be out there for his teammates all the time. And I can just imagine, I look back at when I played athletics and, you know, I always respected those individuals, that individual that could come to practice and give you everything they have, regardless if they were the last player that was getting off the bench or if they were the star athlete, it just, it brings the whole team, makes the whole team better and just have tremendous respect. And I think, as the good ones, the really great athletes want to get better. And if you're not practicing, you're not getting better. So they find a way to take care of themselves. And, you know, that's where we talk about the sleep, you know, the nutrition, you know, the post-workout recovery, you know, all of those type of things that what we call control the controllables will help you be out there for every practice. And you're taking care of your body. You're investing not only in your body, body, but you're investing in your brain as well. So you're reading the playbook or you're, you're on huddle. You're doing whatever you can do to get a competitive advantage. 
And, you know, it's one of the reasons why we got this podcast going and we keep hearing lots of great things uh, from all people. I was just said again, Logan's, uh, you know, draft party and some of the kids that graduated. Hey, I love your, love the podcast, Coach Matchy. You know, I'm getting a ton out of it. I know my playing days are over, but you guys just talk about everything that goes on. And I can relate to my new job and all of this kind of stuff right now. And Dean, I, I obviously have a huge amount of respect for, for that with Jack because I know what it goes into a, a Wisconsin Badger football practice. I mean, they're, they're physical and playing college football is very physical. And for me, that was always my mindset too. And I know it was yours as well. When I played at Oshkosh, I played every inning of every game for four years and I get it's baseball, but that was, there, there wasn't an option. I, I don't understand in society now why, why there's this option of why I'm a little sore to eat sore today. And, you know, I did this or I did that, or I'm a little, you know, my arms sore or my shoulders sore, you know, to me, you, you had to like, tell me I couldn't practice. It wasn't that I had the choice. And I think athletes that needs to get reinstilled in your mindset that you don't choose if you don't practice or not. The athletic trainer or the coach makes that decision for you. And if you really want to be a great teammate, whether you're in practice or not, you need to be involved in practice. And what I mean by that is if you're practicing, you're, you're doing all the things that are required of you. If you're not in practice and you know, you're, you're injured or, or whatnot, you're still involved in practice. So if you're a starter, and I know you've talked about this so much, Dean, at Kimberly, and this is why you guys are so successful, that guy that's not practicing is, is doing everything he can to make sure the guy that is in his position can have as much success as possible because they care more about the team than themselves. And typically what we see is guys that sit out of practice are more worried about themselves versus worried about the team. Yeah, I think it all goes back to consistency again. You know, sport coaches out there, you know, I think it's very important to understand that, you know, when you're in a weight room supervisor, strength conditioning coach at your school, re reward make, making sure the kids are participating and they're there all the time. You know, we're constantly praising attendance, not, you know, the, the always focused on the strongest guy in the weight room and what the numbers they're putting up. But a lot of times, a lot of our positive comments are just on consistency. Because we know if a kid is consistent, it's going to end up being long-term, you know, positive gains if they keep coming. But the kid that's only there sporadically one day a week, two days a week, isn't just cheating themselves and they're just cheating their team as well. I go back to Jack, you know, it's pretty traumatic going back to what we talked about his situation with his mom being so selfless is I can't even imagine losing a parent at four years old. Right. And really not even being able to remember, you know, any of that. So the important thing that is there was other male role models that picked up the slack for his father yep. that helped Jack become very successful. And I think that's why we do what we do, Brian. That's why we coach, you know, that's why we teach. That's why we're the parent that goes out of their way and picks somebody else up and gets them there because we understand the positive benefits of, doing any co-curricular activities, any sports. And when you talk about consistency, Dean, I think we can then now move on to Ben Bartell from Championship Mind. And we've gotten some great feedback on, on that podcast. And so if you haven't listened to that, that's episode 56. Uh, check that out. Great um, podcast on being mentally aware 
and, and different things that you need to put into play from a mental standpoint. Um, you know, he talked about little wins as something that was very important. And that's something he coaches his athletes on. And the only way you can have little wins Dean's is if you're, if, if you're consistent, um, you know, at, on, on the things that you're doing, because without consistency, you can't have those little wins. You know, people talk about win the day. And I've talked on this podcast many times about winning the different parts of your day, you know, with the power list and some other things that I use to win my day. Um, and I think a lot of times kids want to jump to the next, you know, big thing that they should be accomplishing versus, hey, can I add five pounds to my bench this month? Hey, can I add half an inch to my vertical this month? Because when you start to break it out and look at long-term development, a half an inch over two months, that's six inches. That's 24 inches when you're in high school. That's a lot. And so I think the only way to have little wins, Dean, is to be consistent. Oh, there's no doubt about it, Brian. And I, I don't think kids really take that time to really, you know, celebrate those little wins. You know, they're looking at such, they want the big gains. They want it real quick. They want that microwavable approach. And I think every time you get a little bit of a win, you, you have to look back at where you started and think, boy, look at where I've come. And that was one of the things Ben talked about is sometimes we're looking at the top of the mountain, you know, and we got to understand, look at how far I've climbed up that mountain. And yeah, we want to get to the top, but let's don't, let's remember that hey, we were way down at the bottom and now we're halfway. Right. And so all those little gains over time have really made a big difference. And we tend not to really focus on that. We focus on just getting to the top instead of, hey, every day just getting a little bit better. You know, if it's it's changing your diet, maybe for adults that are listening out there. So we can be a lot healthier for, for our sons and daughters out there. Just making a little bit of change will go a long way instead of thinking, hey, I wanna, I wanna lose 50 pounds or I wanna do this or that. Just start making some little changes and then celebrate those changes and, and, you know, write them down, be proud of them. Tell your, tell, tell somebody in your family that I know you were doing, you know, your, your situation with your new weight program and you started your weight program and, you know, you were telling me as we were talking as friends and Hey, you know, I'm down five pounds here and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm drinking more water. You know, you, you talked about drinking more water. And I think it's very important to have, those conversations with friends and family and maybe teammates and, and just understanding that, look, I am, I am making some gains and, and I'm proud of the gains that I'm making because we know it's difficult to change because the body, the brain always wants to feel comfortable. So when we do make these changes, you know, it's tough and we have to be consistent. We have to develop those habits that'll help us be successful. And we know from working in the weight room that, if you're consistent, you're going to make great gains, no matter what program you're doing. Obviously, there's some science behind every program. The person's got to take credit, but we always tell kids, hey, we're going to give you the why behind the program, the method to the madness. However, you have to control how you do the program. You have to control your effort. Is it 100% maximal intent when you are moving concentrically? Are you following the tempos? Are you following the rest periods? Are you doing everything with great technique? Because we know that's going to be the, the quickest way to get stronger is by having great technique. So how you as an athlete 
take care of that how is going to be very important on what kind of results you get when you're training. Well, Dean, and I think that allows us to do something that Ben talked about as well, and that's set higher goals, you know, and set goals that are that are maybe farther away than what you think you can achieve. And the only way to reach those maximal goals is, you know, you have to set goals at a very high level. I'm going to move here, Dean, because they're building my new podcast 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 office here at my yep. house that I'm going to have. Um, and I've got a lot of banging and clanging here, but I got to move here. Um, so I think setting those goals, Dean, at a high level where you can really build that consistency on a daily basis to reach those goals. And it forces you then to get those little wins. So really taking both of those and combining them, I think is really important because at the end of the day, you know, if you're always looking at, like you said, the top of the mountain, um, you're going to miss the best part of reaching your goals. And that's the journey. You know what I mean? The journey to get there is what everybody talks about. It's what everybody remembers. You know, yeah, I think, you know, for your guys' standpoint or anybody's standpoint that plays high school sports, winning a state championship, right, is the ultimate goal. But when you're, you know, 20 years removed from that, what are you talking about? You're talking about the joke that so-and-so told at Tanner's. You're talking about, you know, uh, the, the, the night after the football game at the dance. You're talking about all the things. You're talking about the weight room experiences. You're talking about turf toughness. You're talking about... Um, you know, driving in the snow to get to weights in the early morning. Those are the things that you talk about after you're done with high school or college or professional sports. And so a lot of times we don't understand all the things that went into achieving those goals until we're done. And so learning that now is very important because it allows you to win the day and you can start to see those little, little gains, a little progress. And you always have that ultimate goal that high goal, um, you know, in view. Yeah. Talking about those goals. I think so many kids don't realize what they're really capable of doing, Brian, you know, that they, they, they kind of look at you and you have that belief in that athlete or that that student athlete. And you say, Hey, you know, I see something in you. And, and that's why I'm coaching you so hard and putting so much of my time and effort into you because I see something there. And, you know, we see that all the time in a weight room, boy, you know, two, three months on a program, you know, just look at a summer, you know, summer's coming up. Just think of how many times we have trained athletes and they have turned into a whole different athlete just by the end of summer. And that's not even including a growth spurt or anything. Maybe the light bulb just went on and it's their senior year and whatever the situation is, they are a totally different athlete. So many times coaches will talk about a kid at the freshman level, JV level, and they'll write the kid off like the kid's never going to be able to start for us or play for us. And it might be a position coach or it might be, you know, whatever the situation is. And all of a sudden this kid comes out of nowhere, Brian, and just becomes unbelievable. And they just had a growth spurt. They, they kept watering it. They were consistent with it. They, the light bulb went on. They, somebody motivated them. They, maybe they went to a camp, maybe when they did some extra kind of training, whatever the situation is, and they just took off. And that's, what's so rewarding about what we do. 
And that carries over into real life, right, Dean? I mean, for those of you that follow my social media every day for the last probably two months, I post a picture of myself, whether it's early in the morning, whether whatever it is with, with the term watering on it, you know, it, all the things that we're talking about, Dean, are things that, you know, we tell the athletes to do and things like that, but it's stuff that you and I do. Absolutely. We set, we set goals. We try and win the day. Um, and that's how you establish culture. And that's one other thing that Ben talked about is that your culture is going to drive a lot of these things, you know, the culture that you establish. And I think people associate culture, Dean, with, with what's written on the wall. Right. And we've talked about this numerous times. Culture is action and and culture is, is, you know, what does it look like? What does it feel like? You know, things like that. When people walk into the, your weight room at Kimberly, you know, what is the culture? People are going to see what the culture in the Kimberly weight room is when they walk in the weight room. They're going to know what the culture of the football program is. People are going to know what the culture at Sports Advantage is when they walk into our gym. You know, because I think we both have strong culture and it's something we value. And that's something that Ben was, was really big on. Yeah, and, you know, going back to Ben, I think the biggest thing we talked about this COVID, you know, we've been living through the COVID situation and now things are getting back to normal. But his big message was, you know, a, a lot of the, the mental training had to do with maybe a lot of pressure in athletics, you know, how to cope with being an athlete, maybe high expectations. And then after the COVID, remember when he talked about a lot of the kids, it was just like, you know, why they were questioning themselves after the COVID is why am I playing sports? Why am I out for a sport? Is this worth it? Is this worth my time? Should I move on and do other things? You know, and and that kind of shocked me because I think that is a time in a place where when you're coming off of a COVID and anxiety is a lot higher and depression is a lot higher, that's where it's even more important to be in athletics and be in a culture, a group of people that have the same mission to obviously do great things. And, you know, it'd be just like coming out of a COVID and all of a sudden, hey, now I'm not going to hang out with my family because I don't know if this is worth it. We know that family is the most important thing to all of us. And we have to get through good times. We got to get through bad times. And it's your family and your friends that help you get through these. Brian, I can contest on a daily basis. We're always communicating. Yep. You know, whether we have a good day, bad day, whatever. Hey, if I get a good day, you're picking me up. If, if you have a bad day, I'm picking you up. I mean, that's, you have to have people in your circle that are there for you that are going to constantly help you get through this roller coaster thing called life because it's not going to be perfect all the time. And it, it saddens me when I see kids after the pandemic and, and I can agree with Ben is some kids have just said, Hey, you know, I've been away from it. I, I don't want to do it anymore. And I think that's a huge disservice to those people that choose to do that. And as a parent, I think the last thing you do is tell your kid, yeah, you shouldn't do sports or you shouldn't do co-curricular activities. And I don't care if you're a division one scholarship athlete, you have to enjoy your high school years because when kids come back and they talk to me for all the years that I've been teaching, they will tell me their high school years were their best years. And even if they were very successful at that college level. So parents, I don't think quitting a sport to, to help your mental health is, is the answer. 
I think that only makes things worse because the more people that you have, coaches around, athletes around, teammates around, the more people that you have around, I think the better support and the better the chance of you being able to deal with any issues that you have during your day, during, you know, your week, during your life. And it develops long-term mental toughness. And we've talked about that uh, on so many of our podcasts is that if, if everybody was a star, all right, there wouldn't be, there's, there's not enough balls to go around on a basketball court. You know, there's, there's, there's not enough, you know, guys to play shortstop. There's not enough, enough guys to play quarterback. You, you have to understand that people are placed in certain scenarios on teams because of the certain skill set that they have. And if you're playing a sport because you want to be a division one athlete, guess what? You, you probably should stop playing because that's not the reason to play. There are only a few certain select kids in different regions that get that opportunity. And the one thing I know is typically the most successful people when they either when they finish high school, college, whatever, are people that have been exposed to adversity, people that have been exposed to having to step up for other people, which is what being a team is all about. And people that have to have some discipline in their life because you have to have discipline if you have to train at 5.45 in the morning, four days a week in the summer. You have to have some discipline if you know, you're, you're a part of an athletic code that doesn't allow certain things to happen. You have to have discipline if you have a game on a Friday night and you know, all your friends are going out you know, bowling at, at 10 o'clock at night on a Thursday because there's no school. And even though you don't have school, you still have a game. And so I, I think a lot of times we miss where the true value in athletics is. And it's learning all those values from being in a program that has a strong culture. So that means coaches, you have to firm that up. You have to firm up your culture. You have to make sure that you're living what you're asking your athletes to do. Because if you're the one that's out not getting you know enough sleep or you're out you know running around town or if you're out doing some things that you're telling your kids not to do, how do you expect them to follow your lead? You know, um, the, the coach is the, the, the driver of the culture in the program. And so as coaches, we have to understand that and we have to build a strong culture on no compromise. If you have rules in your program, those are your rules. That could mean you lose a game because somebody makes a poor decision. In the long run, everybody wins with that. In the short term, maybe winning that game, you know, looks great. But what, what damage is that going to do on the back end? You know, and so I think with culture, it has to be, in my opinion, has to be a no compromise scenario with things. If you want it to be strong. Yeah, you know, part of that culture is whether you're going in a weight room or you're going to a sport practice or you're going to an open gym is you want to make that environment an environment where kids are going to want to come back. Correct. And I, it, that, that is number one. And he talked, especially we talk about youth athletics, coaches, you, you got to make it fun. You got to do whatever you can. You want to be the brightest part of that kid's day is when they come to your sport practice or they come into your weight room or they come into your class teachers. That should be the brightest part of their day. Because we always say, for example, you know, the best medicinal practice is exercise. The best thing you can do is get some kind of exercise. And for adults that are working those nine to five jobs, 
and you're parenting and life is going by really quick, do something to get some exercise in throughout your day, whatever that may be. Maybe it's, it, it's social, you're playing on a volleyball league, you're playing on a softball league, whatever you're doing, you know, for socialization, but you're getting some kind of exercise. I know, Brian, you and Corey walk the dogs every day. So you're always taking those dogs to the dog park. It's a great way, low intensity exercise. You get to talk, you have those conversations with your wife, you know, you get to um, go over lots of different stuff and get the benefits of exercise. I know a lot of times I like to get in up early in the morning, you know, get a, some my exercise in, whether it's lifting weights or whether it's a pre-core or, or a bike workout or something. And hopefully we'll continue to get some good weather here right. and we can get outside a lot more than what we are right now. And I think to me, Dean, you know, one of the things that I really liked about some of my conversations with coach Jones is something that I think a lot of coaches can use to evaluate what your culture is, not only at the younger ages, you know, in your youth programs, but also your, your freshman and JV levels, how many kids are coming back out for, for that sport? How many kids, you know, how many sixth graders that went out for your soccer program? Maybe you have a, a soccer program or your football program. How many kids came back out the next year? Because that will define, you know, how strong your culture is. Because again, if you have 40 kids out for a team and all 40 come back, they ain't all coming back because they're playing a lot, right? They're coming back for other reasons. And typically it's because they want to be with their friends. Typically it's because they find value in that. Because nowadays, if kids aren't finding value in, in playing, they just quit. And so what are you doing to instill value outside of playing time? That's another strong part of culture is if playing time is how you value, whether or not you're, or is how you look at if you're valuable to your team, you don't have a strong culture. You just have a bunch of guys that want to play. When you have a culture of, of kids that just want to come out because, hey, I love what you guys are doing in the weight room and I want to get stronger. And I just, I just want to be a part of that because it's a, it's a winning environment. That's strong culture. If kids quit because they're not playing, you don't have strong culture, you know, and that's pretty up in your face, but that's, that's reality of it because the teams and the programs with the strongest culture typically in our, in our state are the teams that have the most guys standing on the sideline. You know, I look at you guys, I look at some Prairie, I look at Wanakee, you know, I can name a bunch of other ones. I'm sorry, you know, high school coaches, if you listen, I didn't name your program, but those are the ones I'm familiar with. Those have a lot of dudes that may not never play a snap, yet they're out because they view it as something that's successful, that's giving them value through their high school career. And that means that there's culture built within that program. Yeah, and I think, Brian, too, you know, culture is every day. You know, it's every day. It's, it's not that poster on the wall. It's not that mantra written on the, on the weight room walls. It's, it's every day. And it, you know what, you got to be on the individuals all the time. It's, it's just no different than you know, what's the culture of your family. If you're out there, you know, what, what is your culture? What are things that, you know, your, your family does that are positive to have a great, you know, family atmosphere, family culture. So every family has different things. You know, I like the one, one of my, Athlete said, hey, my dad and I always watched NCAA basketball tournaments, what a kid said. And I said, really? He goes, it's just what we do. We have always done it since I've been in second, third grade. 
And right. we do it every year. And it's just a great, I thought about it. It's just super cool to think a father's son have that type of culture in their family. It's just what they do. And he was super proud of telling me about it. And he just remembers it and they, they get brackets and they just have a lot of fun and laughs. And it's just, kids can be so creative. Parents can be incredibly creative. And that just makes the relationships much better. Well, Dean, I think we, we covered a lot of topics in a short amount of time here. And, you know, we want to, we want to end here and, and just tell, you know, Ben, great messages. Again, if you, if you haven't listened to Ben's podcast, there's some great stuff on, on mental awareness and things like that. And obviously I think, you know, Jack had some really great messages on, on what his career has been and hopefully what it's going to be for a long time. And so Dean, what do we got? What do we got for the Fox Valley throws coming up here? We got some, I mean, we, I don't know. Yeah, we, we'll be we starting some kids June that are sessions. firing it. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be throwing some June sessions out there. You know, we're going to be having plenty of opportunities for kids. We got, we got a morning session. We got a, a late afternoon session or a night session there for anybody that wants to get better. Boys, girls, all types of ages, you know, middle school on all the way through some college kids. And we're super excited to continue that. And we're having it at Kakona High School this summer, just like we did last year with an excellent facility. So super excited for that, Brian. How about things going on at Sports Advantage for the summer? Well, Dino, you know, we just finished up with the WFCA Combine. And, you know, we're starting to get some questions from, you know, basketball and volleyball coaches on what do we do for jump training? Well, uh, two of the last five years, Sports Advantage trained athletes have provided the top vertical jump at the WFCA combine. So I think what we're doing for jump training is working. Um, so, you know, if you want to get, you want to build your bounce, you know, we'll see you this summer um, because I think what we're doing and we, we've added some new stuff, Dean, that, that you know about and um, because we're always learning and that's the best part. You know, uh, I have an incredible staff, CJ Robert and, and Lucas as my directors, you know, two of them have been on, hopefully we'll get CJ on here, but they're constantly bringing new ideas to the table. And, and some of the stuff that we're going to be doing this summer, Dean, from a speed standpoint, uh, from a, from a power production standpoint, it's going to be off the charts and it, it's going to be really, really good stuff. Dino. Um, well, keep so doing great stuff. Cause we're super excited. I, when I talked to Logan, he loves the training process, loves um, being able to get to know you and, and how you push the athletes to get better. And you can, find out some weaknesses and areas that they can improve on. I think that's one of the biggest things a strength conditioning coach can bring to the table is a lot of kids, a lot of athletes don't like to, to understand that they do have some weaknesses or they want to work on those weaknesses. They tend to just work on their strengths. And I think once you turn a weakness into a strength, Brian, we're going to have some incredible results. And that's why we love what we do. Well, strength is never a weakness, Dean, and weakness is never a strength, quoting my, my good friend, Robert Murdoch. So that's going to end it for this episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Chop it.